I think it starts with true inner reflection. And it goes back to, can we even answer the question around how am I doing? How am I doing today? How am I doing in life? And really, and I believe in whole life wellness and the creation of balance. And so I think it takes an exercise of looking at the areas of our life, seeing what is sucking our energy versus, you know, re-energizing it and reviving it. Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Obsessors, this is your lucky day, especially if you're a mom, especially if you're a parent. We have Melissa Panambalam here, and she is your life designer. She teaches moms, parents, people, human beings to really get out of that rut, to get out of the burnout and start living their best lives. Welcome, Melissa. We are so happy to have you today. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are a shining star. Number one, you are a shining star. You are doing such good in this world. And before we really get this conversation started, we ask everybody that comes on, this question. What are you obsessed with? Ooh, besides chocolate, I am obsessed with disrupting what we've believed to be quote unquote normal. And so what I mean by that is disrupting hustle culture, disrupting struggle, and disrupting work-life imbalance for working mothers around the world. That is my core mission, is to turn that on its head through simple solutions. You are a disruptor. And I love that because myself, being a mom of four boys, I feel I need a disruptor in my life. I need somebody to tell me it's okay, or you could do this a little bit differently. What are you seeing right now in terms of trends, in terms of trends that your clients are dealing with? Very great question. And so I think, you know, in the context of the world, what we've seen over the past year is a pandemic, right? In the pandemic, we were seeing astronomical rates of mental health symptoms being like quite pervasive for especially women, working mothers, and especially women of color. And we were seeing, you know, a lot of women leaving the workforce because things just felt so unmanageable. My experience and my belief, and so this is more than a theory, is that these issues that have existed, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic were always there. We know that women have been overworked. We know that women have suffered an overloaded mind, body, soul for decades, if not centuries. And if you look at the roles that 
women currently have, it's not just one, right? Like we wear multiple hats. We are in charge of so much and we are supposed to lead ourselves. And so the first thing that truly goes is self-care and self-love. And so I would argue that even though we're seeing, you know, more women chasing their dreams corporately and even in entrepreneurship, what we're still not seeing is any appreciation for the role of motherhood and what it looks like on a whole life scale, if that makes any sense. Well, yes, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, we are overworked. We are overlooked. And I think I grew up in the generation, Melissa, of where we were told as girls that we can do everything. We should do everything. And this may come out wrong. I mean, that we are of equal standing with male counterparts, which I believe. But when we do take on all those different identities, mom, wife, partner, business owner, entrepreneur, all these different things, it's almost a burden that too heavy to carry. It is. And like, even to add on to that, think about, you know, what's happening with our generation, right? Like not only are we, we're mothers to ourselves. And so that is a very, and so by and large, women are also just naturally nurturing, right? I think we can all agree on that to varying degrees. Then we become moms and that we're in primary caregiving roles. And what's also happening now is if we still have parents here walking the planet with us, or we have in-laws, we are also tripling our caregiving responsibility because now we're looking after a more aging population. And so can you imagine what that's like? There has not been any breathing room created for working moms at this time, because where would it fit in if we're supposed to be giving and taking care of little humans, aging humans, we have to make sure that our relationships are healthy and intact. Where's the discourse and dialogue around self-care? Because we're, aren't we being selfish if we tune inwards a little bit more? And I'm saying that sarcastically because I don't actually believe that self-care should be lower on the priority scale. I'm wording it that way because it has not been made a priority for working women. And I have my beautiful co-host here, Mika Altador, who's not a mother yet, but she probably would say that she mothers me a lot. Hello, Melissa. Thank you for being on our Obsessed podcast and listening to you. Really, it really makes things come full circle for me where I see us as women, where we are nurturing and we are catering to everyone. And we're expected to do that. And how do we hold those family members, like some form of accountability? Should we hold them accountable to the amount of pressure they put on us, the degrees of requests that they put on us, expectations? By the way, just a side note here, Mika has coined me as Cinderella (laughs) because Whenever we're talking or on the phone, she hears my kids go, mom, do this. Mom, can you get me this? She's like, Cinderella, they need you. Cinderella, yes. Cinderella. This is so true. So true. 
preaching to the choir here. Micah, I think that's a great, like you bring up a great question. And I love, I love talking about this because my answer may not be what maybe it has been (laughs) for others. And this is just based on my lived experience and also working with, you know, countless women, to be honest, whether by volunteer or like professionally and otherwise. So I just want to set that context. But I think it's about tuning inwards first and hear me out because this is what's worked for me is, you know, everyone can put pressure. Everyone can lay the most ridiculous expectations on me. But if I don't hit the pause button and I don't stop to ask myself three questions, and I'm going to give this to you guys right now is how do I feel? How do I want to feel? And what's going to support me in arriving at that desired feeling? I say that because I will give you a real-time example. I was at a wedding last weekend. You know, it's been the first, I'm going to say, real event for quite some time in person. And I'm a single mom. I had my little one with me. And then I also offered to have my parents travel to this amazing event with me, took them to the hotel, made sure they were okay. Like I was a caregiver of three in my opinion. And, you know, I had my dad, my dad gets very excited. He wanted to get at cocktail hour right on time. Ladies, like right on time. He wanted to be there before the doors opened. Of course. My, yeah, my mom. I get him. (laughs) exactly my mom was like how does my hair look and I was like I'm curling my daughter's hair I had another curling iron in my hair visualize this with me for a minute so I'm literally I'm at the epitome of what this conversation is based on I noticed my heart racing and I noticed like my face getting hot for me that was a cue to stop for a second and I was like okay dad We're not making it to the cocktail hour on time if you come with me. However, if you want to get there, I'll Uber you there, but I can't take you. And if you do want to come with me, you're going to be a little bit late. Are you okay with that? You tell me what you need and I'll do my best. My mom, I was like, you look lovely. Here's the mirror. If you can use it, if you want to like fix anything, I was like, but you know, it would be even more awesome if you can help me with my little one so that I can finish getting out of this robe and into a beautiful dress because I wanted to get to this party as well. But what that did for me was I could own how I was feeling. I could quickly process that I wasn't a failure because missing out on being late for cocktail hour does not make me a failure as a mother. But I was about to go there. I was about to get sucked in to that dark place because I was trying to please everybody forgetting that my hair was not even done yet. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted to feel good. I said, you know what? It's not going to harm me to inform people of what I need to own that I'm not perfect in this moment and that the world isn't going to end if I alter the expectations for myself and everyone else. And I know that seems like a very trivial example, but those trivial examples, they seem trivial Those are like really the habits and patterns that compound to the point where they become completely unmanageable for women today is because we're not in the habit and practice of stating how we feel, stating how we want to feel, and then communicating what it is that we 
we need because we don't feel like we can or that we're deserving. Does that answer your question? Completely. And I'm thinking of scenarios where I've been, what you just described for the wedding last week, that was how I felt. Or Those are situations that I've been in and where I'm trying to please everyone. And here I am and I'm not even complete yet. Like I don't have what I need but I'm going to fill these extra expectations that everyone else has. So that definitely puts things in a very particular perspective and prioritizing. And um, no, you've totally answered that. Thank you. That was a slam dunk. That was a slam dunk, Melissa. And, you know, that description of you getting ready for the wedding and caretaking for three and I would border on frustration slash rage, you know, why don't you help me with my kids just for 30 minutes? But it is, (laughs) it speaks to having those boundaries, even with the ones you love, protecting your space, carving out your space, carving out the space for you to regenerate. And when we don't regenerate, we spiral into burnout. And we had this conversation a little bit earlier, Melissa and I, and I asked her pointedly, what makes you an expert on the subject. I mean, I could say I'm an expert. I have four kids, but I'm not an expert on this subject. You know, and if you asked me two years ago, I might have had a different response for you. But today I own my expertise in this area for a couple of reasons. One, I do have my master's of social work. I've been a clinician for over two decades. And so being of service to other people by and large to, to feel good about themselves in a world that can get pretty complicated on under normal circumstances has always been my jam. But secondly, I have been conditioned ever since I was a young girl, my parents, God love them. They immigrated from South America in the sixties. My mom showed up in Canada in the middle of winter in a mini skirt. I will never forget that story. And she hustled, never looked up from her desk and put up with borderline, actually not borderline. They crossed very, like a lot of lines. She comes from that generation where you look down, you work and you hope to make it to retirement in one piece. And I absorbed those conditioning because I didn't want my parents to have come to this country for me to not be successful. So my definition of success was the work hard. And then, and yes, play hard, but who had time for that, right? It was to get to that next place, whatever it was. And so this is all about, and I know we talked about this before, Jules, where, you know, habits are formed over time. And so when I became a mom and I was on maternity leave and even suffered postpartum depression, I really struggled with not being in the workplace I really struggled with this concept of, you know, resting when the baby rests or like, you know, and I even, but there was this little voice in my head that said, does motherhood really have to be this freaking hard? Like, I can't believe this because am I going to enjoy this for like, for the long haul? I don't. And then there was also something in me because I come from a corporate government environment And I decided to go back to work for a variety of reasons because I didn't think it was financially responsible to do something on my own. And when I went back, 
I inherited a manager who was oppressive, who was racist, and who did not really even understand gender equity, even though she was a mom and a woman herself. And I had to work really hard. I wasn't allowed to leave early if my daughter was sick, like I had to make up those hours. And long story short, and this is a very long way of me answering this, but I ended up in a hospital bed for a week from burnout. And that's how it showed up for me because to my earlier story, I ignored those opportunities to hit the pause button sooner. And I ignored those signs that I wasn't feeling well over time. And by the time I went to carve out time for myself to rest and to re-energize and fill my own cup, for me, it was too late. But the irony is sitting in that hospital bed or laying there, I should say, it was the first time in many years that I got to ask myself a couple of questions. How on earth did I get here? How did this happen to me? And where do I want to go from here? Because I got a prognosis that I wasn't going to make it beyond two years. I was going to degenerate so much that I would not be able to function. And that to me was enough to kind of say, where do I want to go? And so education aside, work experience aside, and even with the business that I do aside, I have lived it, I have breathed it, and I have, I've actually surpassed many people's expectations, including doctors. And I'm going to use that, which I do to help women prevent burnout and also recover from it successfully. Wow. So you're speaking from a very personal experience. And I want to ask you, how can women and men experience too, how can men or women recover from burnout, prevent and also recover? You know, and I know this is going to sound possibly like borderline fluffy, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think it starts with true inner reflection. And it goes back to, can we even answer the question around how am I doing? How am I doing today? How am I doing in life? And really, and I believe in whole life wellness and the creation of balance. And so I think it takes an exercise of looking at the areas of our life seeing what is sucking our energy versus, you know, re-energizing it and reviving it and then taking, you know, simple steps. And this is what I, you know, drives me crazy around the, like the self-care conversation for men and women alike. It does not have to be complicated because answering the question, how am I doing? It's not, you know what I mean? That's a simple, it's free. (laughs) Like that advice is free. You can have that conversation with yourself to say, okay, I, my, it could even be my marriage. My marriage is sucking the life out of me because I don't feel supported because I'm doing too much. I'm in charge of like all the chores and all the things. Guess what? Your next step is to have a conversation as scary as it is with your partner. You're supposed to kind of say, you know what? Like we need to have like a spreadsheet going as to like all the tasks that are being done in this house. And then let's be here for each other. And I think when we approach it in that way, in that very simple way, and it does take a little bit of time to do that, but there's always a return on investment, in my opinion, positive or negative, you know what I mean? And so I think it's about doing the inner work, like really boosting our attention to self-awareness 
and then taking strides, like taking one step and then taking another step until we see improvement and then going after and designing the life of our dreams, because I truly believe that, that we deserve it. And you deserve it. Everybody deserves it. It seems like it's a basic fundamental human right to take care of yourself. And it's so powerful. Self-awareness is so powerful because if you don't know yourself, you don't even know what to ask for. Melissa, we hate to put you on the spot, but we love to put you on the spot at the same time. We are going to start a lightning round to get to know a little bit more about Melissa. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm just taking a sip of water. Shoot. Take a sip of water, get ready. And just the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready, Melissa? I'm ready. Biggest role model in your life? Ooh, my daughter. Okay. Your favorite self-care? Oh, man. That uh, getting a wash and blow dry. I hear you, girl. I hear you. (laughs) I was going to ask you favorite guilty pleasure, but it might be the same thing, but I'm not sure. No, it is. Well, it's a combination of eating Lindor chocolates, hazelnut, preferably, or if it's the Christmas season, the peppermint chocolate one. I know that's getting really specific, but you know that I get into the details while binging on Grey's Anatomy on Netflix. Nice. And what's your current book that you're reading now or a book that you just finished reading? So I know I hope not to be too egotistical here, but I actually just, I became an author in May of this year and I, it took me a long time. Thank you. It's called Life Love Lemonade. And it's a compilation of stories from many of like from mother's perspectives all around, I guess, North America and my, my stories in chapter 12. And so I just finished reading my own chapter. It was very, like it brought out a lot of emotion for me. And so I had to like really make a a ritual um, out of it with a cup of tea and warm blanket. So that's what I just read. Doesn't that sound so cozy? A cup of tea and warm blankets. That sounds like cozy. You are in Canada. So I'm sure that comes in (laughs) handy quite a lot. Okay. So we will wrap it up five years, one sentence. Where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself as a multimillionaire that has my own foundation of strategic global advisors that literally meet to solve the world's problems, not just in conversation, but actual action steps. We're all going to contribute and put our money where our mouth is until things get better for the world. That is incredible, beautiful and ambitious. Beautiful and ambitious. And where can we find more about you? And do you have any events coming up? And you can find out Obsessors all about Melissa in our show notes. But until then, Melissa, tell us what you're doing now and how you are changing the landscape of burnout for human beings. Yes, I am the chief curator and host of an online conference called The Virtual Retreatment. It's where I bring working moms together for two days of rest, reflection, renewal, and true human connection. And it's basically an extension of this conversation. It's where over 48 hours, you get to hear from over 20 experts and uh, learn tips, tools, tricks, and hacks in real time that can be sustained in your own life for the long haul. I've also just opened up one-on-one 
support spot to help overwhelmed moms regain seven hours a week back into their life, create balance without feeling guilty, without offloading their kids or booking escape getaways through my process called the life design process. So you can find me on Instagram at your life designer. And my website is also where you can like get the the lowdown on me, www.yourlifedesigner.ca. I love that. And Melissa, I need a little bit of your life designer in my life, quite honestly. But thank you so much for being here. And obsessors, get obsessed with Melissa. Check her out. And don't forget to tap on those five stars. Show us the love so we can keep delivering content like this for you. And until we meet again, get obsessed with your life.